Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, Dave Knoll. Dave is best known in our business for creating the hit show Chopped on Food Network, now in its 10th year, but God knows what season. It's been like a million. As a fan of the show, I was fascinated with the story of how it came to be, what Dave calls the 4321 format, which you may know about or you'll learn about. And as you'll hear, this was not an easy one to get to the finish line. It's an amazing story, and it is proof that not all hits happen overnight, and not even close on this one. Talking to Elisa Rosen. <laughs> Hello, Dave Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is very exciting. So you and I met, I think... Circa 1999, that's when I joined up at VH1. I think you were already there. I started in 1994. Oh, my God. VH1 existed in 94? (laughs) That's crazy. Yes. Oh, my God. So what were you... Okay. What were you doing? What did you get hired as in 1994? Intern. uh, And then right to PA. Okay. In Bill Brand's um, department? Was he already there? Pre-Bill Brand. Okay. Uh, But I like to say... My memories of VH1 were working for the, the the trifecta, the genius of Lawrence Lasnik, yeah, Shelley Tatro, and Bill Brand, and that it's if you have worked for any of those people, you will know how blessed you are because they're three of the smartest people I've ever worked with. That's true. I don't In know Lauren. Three very different ways. Right. Right. Uh, Lauren is a branding machine. She obviously she started. I mean, she she rebranded Bravo and was part of that process. Right. Was really, I think, the architect of Bravo. Um, Absolutely. Shelly Tatro, uh, just one of the nicest, most hardworking, dedicated people in TV and very much about storytelling and getting in the edit room and being in the edit until two o'clock in the morning to perfect things. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Brand, I think one of the greatest managers of people that I've ever worked with. Um, he taught me so much about how to treat people well and how to lead them. And so I, I loved those seven years. Seven years. Geez. Okay. Yeah. So you rose up the ranks and did you know at the time you want, was that your first job? Like where were you before that? That was, that was, that was, you, was, that right, was right out of college. college. Yeah. So did you know, what did you think you wanted to be? I knew, I just knew I wanted to work in TV. Okay. And like, you know, you look at, you know, do I want to be like Lauren? You know, do do I want to be like an executive? Do I want to be like, uh, Shelly? Like, and, and gradually over those seven years, yeah, I realized, oh, here's what I want to do. I think is create shows and get them on the air. So were you creating shows at VH1? That's so we created a show called, uh, Hollywood and vinyl, which we had done a show, which I, I started running called flicks, which was all about movies. Yeah. And then at one point- Was that point, the one Susan Horowitz oversaw? Susan Horowitz was yes. on it for a while. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good Hello. friend of mine. Hello, Susan. Uh, uh, a lot of people ran it at one point or another. Yeah. Susan Skoog was there. Ricky Rosenfeld was there. Uh, Fr- Frank Gregory. Um, some amazing, amazing people. Um, and so I worked on Flicks and then eventually ran Flicks. And then 
I think it was Bill, said, we want to reinvent this to add more music into it. And so it became Hollywood and Vinyl, which now is such a great title. Such a good title. VH1. By the way, let's was bring that it Bill's back. title? Because Bill always had great titles. I, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. Because I will give him a lot of credit. He um, Remember Rebecca Rankin, she and I were doing a doc show trying to figure out the name. And he figured out Rank and File, which is like <sighs> Rank and File, but her name is Rebecca it's Rankin. Genius. I mean... Bill Brown, but very hundred percent. I remember Bill along the way for different projects saying how important the title is, just yeah. to sell it internally yeah. as well as to then sell it to the public. And now, based on all that and brand hammering that into me, Cleve and I now focus way too much on exactly what the title is. Title is crucial. I mean, we always joke that like you know, ID buys ninety five percent of its shows just on the title alone. And and you know, you also need a good show, but like. So many shows. We've sold shows on title. Yeah. There's what's your no best question. title ever? I mean, Chopped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> you guys, go, I'm going to go with. Yeah. Okay. Biggest that's hit. That's just the. Right. right. And was but that, just, um, do you remember like, the genesis of that? Like, was it, did it you was, have like 50, 50 titles on the board or was it, it just like came to you? Like that's Chopped. We'll, we'll jump right into the Chopped story. I, I love mean, it. I mean, it's such a, so. Chopped. Um, How do we not, right? I was working in New York. Um, well, hang on. So you left VH1. Left VH1 to create shows. Right. So you were like, I just have this burning fire. Now, was that the, around the same time that Sharp left too? He left. Yeah. Because like he kind of started after. that model of like, yeah. hey, I have this. Um, Fabulous life. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. lifestyles of rich and famous. Yeah. And then I'm going to go do this. Like, yeah. that wasn't a thing. So just so people understand, back in our day, you know, oh, yeah. we internally created stuff within the framework of a network. The, the sort of outsourcing to production companies and being on your own and coming up with shows, that wasn't a thing back then. No. So that was... But it would... Bill Brand did say to me... Oh, okay. In a, in a... Like, again, I really love Bill Brand. There was one day where we were in his office and he said to me, you're constantly creating shows and you're good at it. If you're, he, he basically, look, if you're internal, it's not going to help you. Wow. That's great advice. <laughs> and, you, and he was like, you can only here create a show a year. Like that's your, or maybe two. Right. If you're lucky. Right. And you don't, it's not like you get a bonus. Like it's not like yeah. you, you get residuals you, off of those. Right. Exactly. Or if you go EPC. out and do this on your own. Yeah. He, he said you could do really well. And I, I, you know, I went home and I talked to my wife and I was like, this is probably risky. We have, right. at that point, we have, you know, two little kids. Wow. Um, but you had the passion. Yeah, and you're young, so you don't know how hard it is. Right. So crazy. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. True. Okay, so you if go I home could and give you... my advice to yeah. young Dave, yeah. uh, now it might have been different. Well, no, because, I mean, so was Chopped your first? No, well. You started. That was in so... 2000. I guess I left VH1 in 2001, 2002. No, the first show that came out of me leaving VH1 was um, my, I started a talk show at American University. That was the first show I ever created. Oh, right. That's a crazy story. It was. So wait, American how did you, University. did you go to American I, I went to American okay, University. I was like, how did you even have that concept? <laughs> I went to that American University. Yeah. They had a TV station that was like this big, giant, old TV station with, you know, dials and levers and pushing click buttons and like four ancient cameras and but lights but it all, it all worked and they did the news and they did a game show called the roommate game and i helped out freshman year 
and sophomore year I helped out and I co-hosted the the uh, that game show and I just never I was like we have this giant studio for and no one else was using it we have it seven nights a week we can do whatever we want we should all start doing bigger things so a couple of the people that were there I said let's all start doing so by the time I left we had eight or nine shows and a lot of those people now are working in TV, and it makes me really happy. That's amazing. Like we all kind of grew up together. Wow. Uh, hello, Cindy Wallach. So, and a lot of those people <laughs> I learned from because they <laughs> worked harder than me at like editing and stuff. So they would go and teach me how to edit. And I, yeah. And was um, the, were those the days of three quarter, or have we gone yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, whatever the oldest version. Yeah. Like I don't think much. we were cutting and splicing. Right. Not literally <laughs> cutting film, but, but yeah. yeah. Three quarter but, uh, inch. But but I said, can I do a late night talk show? Um, or I kind of was just like, Hey, I'm going to take Tuesday nights and we're going to do a late night talk show. So we did midnight with Dave Knoll and we did comedy and we had guests. Did you think you wanted to be on air at that point? No, I don't. I have a little brother who's four years younger and Chris Knoll, Chris Knoll. Now he is Chris wild. Cause there was, al- there was already a Chris Knoll in SAG. Okay. And so he was always crazy funny. And I was always like, well, I'm not going to be on camera because He's so much better. Right, step aside. And also talent, it's so, it's such a different beast. It is. It's not me as a human. It's just not who I am. But I thought in order to get a couple great shows up and running, I should do one and lead it. And so we, I ended up doing 40 or 50 episodes of, we would do it every single Tuesday for an hour. It would air. Yeah, Because I remember we were up against Roseanne. (laughs) In our crazy heads. Right. I was like, huh? But at American University, you know, you're on Channel 2. And people watched it back in the and day. people watched it because there was, a, you know, we were college kids. But and it was only available to AU students. So for our first year, it was only available to AU students. Um, it had this amazing growth. Our second year, somebody from local DC who could get it, like, was, but and right. worked for, <laughs> said, look, if you have all these episodes, you should put it on local DC television. Like, the equivalent of public access. Exactly. Right. So we started a American University television. Then we were on public access. Then I left and my brother took over the show. He's four years younger than me. so And he went he, there too. And he went to American. That's so wild. he did it his sophomore, junior, and senior year. And at that point now, I'm at VH1 and doing some stuff for MTV every once in a while because sometimes we would trade right, back. Right, right. And I'm realizing, oh, you can sell shows. <laughs> People actually do this. So my brother went right out when he graduated to L.A., started becoming an actor, had to change his name because of SAG, started doing auditions. And meanwhile, I cut his greatest moments uh, with Dave Haggerty, editor extraordinaire in New York City. And I went to MTV and said, you guys should do this show. And we came. It was one of those, you know, agonizing stories where. You start with the development kid who's, you know, 20 nothing years old. <laughs> right. And at that point, I was 25 exactly, years old. Exactly, right. And then it goes up the ladder and goes up the ladder and goes up the ladder. And then they did this. We, they, we, we re, had to recut it. And then they did one of those big things where they all sit around. And our exec was like, you're definitely going to get this. You're uh, going to order 50 episodes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I was I thought it was true. Yeah. So I, I, I will say, at least nowadays, you never hear that anymore. But true. back in the day, you heard it. It was so funny. And then you end up We're fetal position meeting, on your camera. Yeah. But this is everybody's yeah. favorite. You'd have to, I got one time. You have Trust to burn me. the tape for this not to go to series. <laughs> Let me get. Let's guess what happened. Hmm. Uh, yeah. The tape has now been burned. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so, so it didn't go. So it didn't go. But and we were sad. And but whatever. But on the other hand, we were young and carefree. Yeah. And so he auditioned more stuff, you know, got some commercials and stuff. And then I am at VH1 pitching shows into VH1. And then he got a role on a Comedy Central sitcom called Strip Mall. And say the cast was 12 people. He was by far the least famous person in the cast, but they really loved him and he was really funny. So he did that for a season or two. And then we were talking and he was like, why don't we give him that tape, that tape of him at American University? And they bought the tape and they said, we're going to give you a pilot. So Wait, so how many years later was it? Like 10 years later? Like since I started yeah. it, yes. But since he had been there three years, four oh, okay. years, so not okay. that long. And so that was when you already were, had still, your I, at or that, City Lights? For the pilot, I was still at VH1. Okay, got it. And so I came out to LA and we did this like, you know, scrappy pilot, but yeah. we were at a real studio. I forget which studio it was out here that we okay. did the pilot. And they said, look, we have 10 pilots. We're only going to pick up two uh, shows. You're worst. not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Right. And then they called and said, we're going to give you a show. And the pilot was called Still Midnight with Chris Wilde. Then hilariously, they called and said, it's going to confuse people. So we can't use the word midnight. Meanwhile, then they did. <laughs> After that, or after whatever midnight. that show was. with But uh, we want to change the title to the Chris Wilde show starring Chris Wilde. So he was thrilled. <laughs> he thought yeah. it was great. Hello. And so that was for... Ended up being for VH1? No, 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 it was Comedy Central. That was Comedy Central. So that, okay, so, so it I started left. at VH1. But then, so, okay. so Bill had said, you should think about leaving. I left. Okay. Started selling shows. And then poof, we got I got a series right out of the gate. That's amazing. And, and was that, were you at City Lights at that point? Not yet. It was, okay. so basically that series happened. Okay. Shot at KTLA. It was so, I mean, it's literally like a show I created at college. This yeah. is my little brother. We're on Comedy Central. Mila Kunis was one of the guests. Um, Joe Rogan was a guest. Uh, Batman Adam West was one of the guests. It was a big, you know, Huge. Comedy Central late night talk show. Then we did not get picked up for a second season because it was so sad. I mean, you got a first season out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, I mean, yeah. that's just that and accomplishment alone is huge. with it, your brother. How I fun was that? This, which is if you're on set, and especially if you're in a studio, like yeah. I've done a lot of shows where like you're building houses and stuff and that, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily is always fun. But when you're on set at a studio, sometimes TV gets tough. No matter what, enjoy every single moment. Cause you might only get the 10 episodes. So we're there and we're at KTLA studios in this gigantic thing and just laughing every day. Our cousin, Michael was the band leader because we auditioned a bunch of band leaders and we're like, look, our my, our actual cousin is this like crazy talented crazy sexy guy and he walked in and they're like yeah you can hire him so he put together the band you were like the jimmy kimmel of your day you know was, he hires it, all his family members yeah he chris was the the jimmy kimmel of the yeah day, ex, except jimmy kimmel had the man show and that right. got picked up, so. <laughs> right right but um but we were there once and we were at this gigantic you table with everybody there and Chris at this point is 22 and I'm 26 or whatever it is. Like nothing. And we're sitting next to each other at the head of the table with our placards, like Chris Wilde star, oh Dave Knoll, executive producer. And people are talking about things that we just have no idea <laughs> what they're saying. Lighting, something, jibs, And you're whatever. nodding seriously. And we're just, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so we're passing notes back to each other. <laughs> what the and f- I read, this is good times. And he 
leans over, crosses out good, and puts great in all capital letters, uh-huh. exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And so now that's our mantra. Like, no, no matter what, if you're on a set, like I'm doing Punchline today, have great times. You're making TV. Enjoy yourself. I love that. It, that's good. <laughs> it's right. I try to do it. I it's so positive. It. I love it's, I love it. Well, you know, TV's hard sometimes. It so is. Gotta, and it's also like you, when you get caught up in all the bullshit, you realize like we are just making TV and exactly. we're lucky. Think of all the other crap we could yes. be doing. We get to do this. So, okay. So basically at that point, then City Lights? Yeah, like, yeah. That so was the then, next time I remember seeing you after VH1. You were like killing it over there. There were the brothers, the Fisher right. brothers. And they I met own with this, them. They own this company in they, New York. They own a company in City Lights where they had edit rooms and yeah. they were just starting off yeah. uh, making movies. And I said, let me come in and start your TV division. And um, I took a... <laughs> I took a crazy small salary. <laughs> My wife was like, what are you doing? Because you had a good deal. Basically, if I sell, I, I get a piece exactly. of the pie. Exactly yeah. right. And so um, then we very quickly sold a whole bunch of things right off the bat. And that's where, so say that was 2002. And then in two, and so I was not only pitching, but I was taking a ton of pitches just because I was like, I'm just by myself. Yes. I don't have enough ideas. I think Who that's where we reconnected because I think Susan and I came in to pitch to you. Oh, I'm I sure. Think. Yes, yes, I yes. Think. And you remember I was in that crazy little office. I remember it was a little office. I actually remember, and I have a terrible memory. I actually remember the office perfectly. <laughs> and yeah. I had the board with all the networks Was on. Chachi there at that time? He came, so uh, Cleve came very quickly. Okay, Cleve, who I don't remember meeting, but I'm sure um, I did. Who's your Mike partner Krupat till this day. was there early on christy mcconnell yeah i'm gonna tear up um some Irad. of my absolute favorite people Irad was there yeah. early um chachi came later like three years later oh, seth okay. eisman was there seth uh okay. introduced me to chachi all right let's get to chops um, i want to hear how it all happened so so 2007 now oh, i had okay. been in city lights for a couple of years yeah we had gotten uh a, a number of things on the air yeah um and Mike Krupat, who had worked in New York with me in our development team, said he wanted to go out to L.A. And I was like, absolutely, yes, because we had no presence every day in Los Angeles. Yeah. So Krupat's out in L.A. I'm in New York. And we became like Krupat and I are very similar in how we create shows. We are dissectors we are people who break down existing formats and then try to rebuild them in other ways we study games and board games and formats and foreign formats um versus cleave who's much more chachi i think first referred to her as the mozart of creating formats she creates shows like fireworks like explosions of holy shit that's amazing Krupat and I are tacticians. Got it. And so one, we were talking, we talked a lot about, because we're also very classy. So we talked yeah. a lot about the show Eliminate. Oh, and yeah. how beautiful that well, of format Of course, is, it is. Where it's a classic. She, there's a woman and she's dating a number of men and they're all young and trashy and she's eliminating them one by one until she ends up in a jacuzzi. So classy with one of them. And so... Mike and I became very obsessed with that format and how we could take a fourth, we were calling it a four, three, two, one into different genres. So first we sold a show to court TV, which I still can't believe is not 
I can't believe it's not on with all the, I've, I've pitched it in so many different ways, but it's simple. There's a murder, real murder. And then you present the four suspects and then you put them on the screen. I was watching one the other day. I was like, this is crazy. Was it the bouncer at the club? Was it the boyfriend? Was it the guy hitting on her at the club? Or was it the guy who looked at her funny on the way out of, of the club? And then one by one, you eliminate, you eliminate, you eliminate. And the police say, well, no, it couldn't have been the boyfriend because we have him. So now as if you were, you're playing along and now yeah. you have three people left. And then they say, oh, it can't be this person. It can't be the guy who met her at the club because he has an alibi. There's two people left. Who was it? It wasn't the guy. It was the bouncer. The bouncer did it. So we loved that show. And we did the pilot and we thought the pilot was genius. And then Court TV was started to break apart as an entity as an entity so that was too bad then we sold a show which is my favorite pilot that never went to series called bff for it to mtv and it's it's the mean girls of television again how has this never been done there's a teenage girl she's 16 she's with her four best friends in the world and along the way they have to compete just through gifts or through planning events or whatever to prove who is her very best friend. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there like a sort of docu with Paris Hilton about like to be my B or contact? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Paris be Hilton, my be BFF yeah. or whatever. So they basically stole that. that idea. But ours was standalone. Yeah. No, yours could totally be and serious today. Yeah. It is so good. Again, yeah. MTV, please call me. Let's do this. Yeah. Hello, the, Lily. The pilot was too... The only So it went through. It was that thing. We have a meeting. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they were like, it was mean. And we're like, it's MTV. Of yeah. course it's mean. I mean, hello. They're like, the, one of the girls cried. Of course she cried. She bought the gift that wasn't as good. She didn't pick her gift. Oh my God. I love this. And now so, my wheels are turning. Like where else could you what, send And this? that's yeah, when yeah, Mike yeah. and I, even when we talk now, yeah. it's all about right. like what we, format's out there and listen, how can you break nothing's it? Ever dead, right? Nothing's ever dead, right? Nothing's ever dead. Nothing's ever dead. Okay. So, so, then, so then you're like, well, we should apply this to food. So I have a pitch scheduled with Charles Norlander at the Food Network. Oh, wow. I had shows I didn't love. Mike calls me and says, what are you going to pitch to Norlander? I was like, oh, I got this. I got this. And Mike says the magic words. What about a 4321 for food? What if it's Iron Chef, but four chefs? And in the next five minutes, that whole thing came to magical life. And it was, un I still, I'm on the phone He's saying four, three, two, one. I'm saying, oh my gosh, that silver thing. I now know it's called a cloche, but I was the calling it the dome, a, yeah, the silver the dome, dome. The dome. Before the commercial, he lifts it and then you cut. What? And then it's called Chopped. Oh my God. So the title came. So literally came, on the phone. Four, three, wow. Chopped. The show's called Chopped. Not only did that oh happen, God. then Mike said, it could be appetizer, main course. Yes, there's nothing more perfect than appetizer. It's so right. easy to understand. Yeah. Then I say, literally, you know who would be the best host for this? I had, Linda Lee calls it a, a man crush on Ted Allen. Wow, from I, Queer Eye? Yeah. Like, that's so where you knew my, him from. Okay. I knew Linda. Linda yeah. was the executive producer along with me of the Chris Wilde show. That's how we met. They oh, brought Linda in to help us because I was 26 years old and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so Linda, and I love Linda Lee. And to us, Linda Lee was like a genius who, you know, 
came into the set in her Audi and then mm-hmm. would go to lunch at the beach. And, you know, like she right. had life all figured out. So I had said to Linda prior to this conversation, hey, I would love to work with Ted Allen. I think he's the linchpin of Queer Eye. Linda Lee was also the executive producer of Queer Eye. Yeah, I was wondering what the connection was. Okay, That's got it. it. So, so Lind- and Linda said, well, Everyone always says Carson's the, and I was like, yeah. I know. When you said that, that Carson's surprised me. Yeah. He's the, the obvious. He's the obvious. But I think what makes it believable, what as a viewer, the reason I buy the whole thing is because there's this guy and whenever he talks, he could say anything. I believe that guy. I believe Ted Allen. Maybe it's the glasses. Maybe it's his posture. I don't know what it is. So, and so she would like laugh and she'd be like, Dave, you know, Dave, you have a man crush on Ted Allen. I was like, whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah, I want to work with Ted Allen. Yeah. So we're on the phone and I say, you know, he says four, three, two, one. And he says appetizer, main course, dessert. And I'm like, I think Ted is the perfect host and Linda should run this show. And the, basically, aside from the basket, which came, we, we just we had a theme um, and it became a basket later on in the development process. Um, that whole show came in like five minutes. And so. The next day or two days later, I go in and I pitch Norlander. And one and of the what'd f- you pitch it with? Did you have anything? Me. Just literally like, and here's the show. People say, how do you guys, Cleve and I, how do you guys pitch? Yeah. And the answer is, our goal is bring the show to life in the room. Wow. However you have to do it, whether it's so your it words. It wasn't visual. It was just pictures. you getting up, yeah. getting excited. It was, The first thing I said was <laughs> Iron Chef. Iron Chef at that point, they love. Yeah. And I said... Here's the thing about Iron Chef, which again, because Krupat and I have like broken these things down, by act three or four, it kind of gets boring, right? And Norlander was like, yeah, you know, and you're right. And in the testing, I guess that's true. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, so what I want you to just imagine for a second is Iron Chef (laughs) meets Eliminate. And he like, you know, when you say Iron Chef meets Eliminate, you, you get your see attention. Yeah. yeah, the eyes widen, and that's yeah. when you know at the least mushrooms the end up good. in the jacuzzi. Exactly, like, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. Whatever you're picturing is, you at least want to hear more. Yeah. So then I walked him through it. I was like, "There's four chefs," and, and it was hilarious. So I will say, Norlander got it right away, and but he did say, "Look, I'm not sure how many competitions we want on this network." Which that's is so funny. funny. Now that's all they want. Exactly. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, but that they bought it right there. And did they buy a pilot at that point? Yeah. But it had to go through two pilots over the course of two years. Oh my God. All right. I want to hear this whole story, but Exhausting. I just, I need to acknowledge the fact that I want probably like a lot of producers want to like punch you in the face because well, that <laughs> and, and high five you at the same time, because of all the shows over all the years, I mean, what season is this now? Season 500. It depends 30. on how you count, but it's your 10. Okay, year 10, season 500. It is, like you said, the way you just explained it, like it's a no-brainer that everyone should have thought of. Nobody did but you guys, and you made it happen. Like those are the kind of things that you seethe, as another competitive producer, you seethe with jealousy over, but you're also like, go you, because you fucking did it. And that's what makes it so hard because what you you just said exactly did I, what did I encapsulate how a lot of people feel about you. <laughs> I well, I usually punch you people in the are face. very nice. One I'm time, I'm being honest. I'm being you honest. are being honest. And there was one time I was at like a real screen LA event, and someone 
did want to punch. Like he was like, you know, I had that show right. and you beat me. And I was like, yeah. oh, he's not kidding. Yeah, no, he was actually, he's he's, you're like, am I going to get sued? I should go back to my hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get sued. I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Oh God. No, but um, I mean, it's, it's just, but you, it's, that's it's, what we it's look the for. The simple is the genius. Exactly. And that's what we look for every single yeah. day. Merv Griffin, who yeah. created Wheel yeah. of Fortune and yeah. Jeopardy said it. Uh, Mark Goodson, who had all the game shows in the 70s and 80s. What they always say when you look at the interviews is the crazy part is the simplest framework. This uh, Goodson calls it the sparest possible framework. Merv Griffin says the simplest ideas in uh, the simplest ideas produced in the simplest way. Agree. And what sucks is that's hard because you're going to a network executive and you're saying something simple right you're saying here like with america says we kind of want to do a version of family feud but we're going to put a clock on it and then what you get often is well that's too simple the our audience is going to say and they're like it's it's not that's like, the beauty all the right. survivor is very yeah, simple it is if it's you look just, at it i mean honestly american idol apprentice America's was a talent. simple format and then they brought donald trump in so that's my question yeah. about about chopped Did, was ted allen you wanted him, but yeah. were they into it from the yeah. beginning? Well, okay. there was a little, you had to talk him into it because he wasn't a chef. But, right. But okay. it wasn't that hard. Okay. And so he was the guy from the beginning. And then why two pilots over two years? <laughs> God damn <laughs> because it. Because TV's crazy. It is. Like, it's ridiculous. So at that point in time, the, it was a different landscape, right? 2007, 2008, Fox had all these colorful Joe Millionaire um, who wants to marry a multimillionaire? All, all these kind of colorful, kooky shows, and that was the buzz. That was what everyone was reading about. And so, Food Network, right away. So we sent in the paper, we did the deal, and then Food Network right away said we have to up the stakes here. We have to up the craziness. And we were like, no, no, we don't want to. But they said, look, we have to go crazier. And they had this idea of there's a there's a mansion that you're cooking and there's a person that you're cooking this for and there and that person's going to going to um grade them decide, that's going to be the sole judge essentially oh. but anyway so we took it back to our development team and we're like okay they want to go crazy they want to go fox what do we do <laughs> so we had so an unseen like mr x Get out. And Ted essentially, it wasn't spoken, but Ted essentially played like the butler or the head. And was that person supposed to be like a big chef or like were they food related or just some? You're just like, a rich guy that you never so meet. Weird. But then the craziest part, which does go into history as one of the craziest, <laughs> worst, I don't know, but the craziest <laughs> ideas. But Food Network loved it is when you're chopped, the dog eats the food. Stop. And Did so that, was that in one of the pilots? It was in the pilot. Oh, that's it, amazing. And when it I want to see that. Rocco Despirito was our main judge. Okay. And so there was only we one did it. judge? It was, in a man, it was th there's still three still judges. Still three, okay. In a mansion. Still four, three, two, one. Okay. Uh, by that point, we had the baskets, I think. Same um, dog every time? Same dog every... It was the guy's <laughs> dog. You couldn't change the dog. It amazing. Was the, it was the billionaire's dog. Oh, my God. And so I remember watching the pilot going... The, <laughs> I can't believe where this has gone. 
This is the craziest thing. Right. Maybe this is genius. And it did seem Fox, actually. Right. I'm so, shocked Food Network, like Scripps at the time, was so conservative. So we were shocked. Right. That they, and then they came back and they were like, we're definitely not doing this. <laughs> did they focus test it? I have no idea. They okay, just passed. But they were like, like this is ridiculous. Pass. Yeah. So and then what? luckily, luckily, I had done enough TV at that point to know you should go back. And luckily, I was with Linda Lee, and she had done enough TV to know you should go back. So not very quickly, after like a week, Linda and I got together, and we're like, we're going to go back in, and we're going to not talk to anybody but Bob Tushman and Allison Page. Okay, hold on. Before you continue, were you upset? Were you bitter? Did you feel like you took my show and ruined it, and now it's dead? I don't know. Like, Come on. No, like... Like you worked so, so hard and long and it was yours to lose. But then you had these network notes that fucked it up. But TV's so crazy that that's not the worst thing that had happened to me at that point. And it wasn't <laughs> the worst thing that happened to me the, probably that year. Did so. you feel confident when you went back in to see Bob and Allison that you could revive it? And like going back to the It was more just basics? like, like Linda and I worked really well together. And it yeah. was more like, let's just go in and. Hail Mary. Yeah, let, let's do okay. it. And, but we were like, we knew the original idea was right, amazing. Right, right, so right. So we had the confidence of okay. the original idea is amazing. Let's get them to do another pilot. We were also at that point generating a lot of money for City Lights. So we had that in our pocket as well. You'll right. see how that comes in. Okay. So we go in, in Chelsea Market, into that meeting room that they still bring me in when I go in and talk uh, to them. And on one side of the table was... Me and Linda Lee on the other side of the table was Bob Tushman and Allison Page. And I knew it was all good right away because Bob had the original document. Wow. And he put it on the table and he said, I don't get it. Why did you deliver this crazy show? <laughs> what I wanted was this original document. And he looked over at Allison and she nodded and they were both very serious. And we were like, us too. That's what we want to do. That's what we wanted to do from the beginning. And we'll, I'll forward you all the emails. You know, so I said, Al, you know, you don't have to read them all, but yeah. we'll forward you all the emails going back and forth where your team is asking for a Fox show. And were you knowing at this moment that you're throwing everybody and their team under the bus? It, or you didn't give a shit? It, not yeah, And it was just like, <laughs> it is this what it is, is what happened. Right. We're, like, right. I don't we're not care. throwing anybody. I don't under, know yeah. if, I don't know if. Allison was the one who told right. him to do it. I don't know if they did it on their own. I don't know if it was Bob's idea. But whatever it is, I'll send you the emails. Right. You guys figure it right. out. Right. Like, this was always what we wanted to do. And he said the magical words, what do you want? And we said, we want to do the original show. And he said, we'll pay for half. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going when you said we had a lot of money. So yeah. you guys had to put up the other half. Yeah. And then was that a fight internally? Or was it like, no, no we believe in this. We're doing I, it. At that point, we, City Lights television was generating enough money that I just went in and said, this is what we're doing. We're do you think because you guys had to put up half that, or did you think when that happened that there would be more freedom and you getting to do it the way you wanted? I will say in the meeting, they said, we won't give, we're going to tell our team not to give you any notes. Wow. As long as it's what this paper is. And they didn't give any notes. I okay. mean, maybe some editing notes, you know okay. what I'm saying? Right, like right. whatever. Light, light notes. But that set. And I, at this point, like Linda Lee is, a genius and visually she's a genius and uh michael perlman the director uh beth schiff beth, is so beth is a friend by the way the best so like do we do you know that casting, she's an old friend of mine no 
Casting she, legend. Yeah. No, I know. She and Casting I, legend. I have to give a shout out to Beth. I've known Beth since 1994 when we both lived in Baltimore and were oh introduced through friends. So Beth is, I've known Beth for over 20 Beth years. It was Beth Schiff, and I don't know how old she was at this point when we started Chop. Yeah, she was but She was around your age. She was not the casting right. legend no, she came from that commercials. she was today. She came from commercials. But she said, I remember the meeting, she said, it's very, the, the idea for casting here is very simple. These four people, you have to instantly know who you are and who you're rooting for and who you're rooting against without us even saying anything. Yeah. So you can't have two people that look similar. You can't have two people that act similar. You need to pinpoint their character. And I, it, I mean, and yeah. if anyone who watches Chop knows that that's, if you had to like, wait, was she the young blonde or the young off blonde? Wait, yeah. Was he the British guy or was it this other British guy? The show would fall apart. She's totally right. That's She's interesting. Amazing. So a couple more Chopped questions, and then I know we need to get to some other stuff. But it's I'm obsessed with Chopped. Um, first of all, my As cousin uh, was on it twice. He won. Really? Yeah, so many Vaknin, Israeli chef, lives in New Jersey. He's uh, my cousin's husband. Really talented. He, and he won? He won, and then he, won, and then he lost All-Star. He was on an All-Stars okay. episode, but he won... The first time, and then he got to Oscar. By the way, everybody, it's monstrously hard to win. It's really hard, and he's really good, so we've, he was pissed. We've seen chefs crumble. Okay, so speaking of crumbling, his cousin was on it, Siggy. Do you remember Siggy? Because she was kind of notorious. Oh. Israeli woman who kind of like melted down. Yes. <laughs> this but was she, many a years lot of ago. people melted yeah, down. She just could, like, completely, I yeah, I think in the first act, she just was like, bleh. So... The, do you want that? Do you is that like a good? We thing? were really shocked. I remember the. I don't. I say it was the first real episode. It might have been the second. Okay. Very very early on, there was this guy, and he was. I'm gonna guess 45, and a bigger guy, and a you know a dad and a husband, and he had a restaurant, and it was. He was a guy where you thought. He'll be fine on this show. <laughs> right. And he went on in the first round and just, you know, did his thing and was amazing and whatever, but he got chopped. And so in the interview process, he starts to tear up. And I remember going, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> like it's only $10,000. Right, right, right. How badly <laughs> did he need this $10,000? What's, and then as he spoke and was crying on camera, I realized, are we, I mean, I guess we all did. It's not about the $10,000. It's about this is his life. He right. has said to everyone, I want to be a chef. I am great. And then on national television, he got bounced in the first round. And you do want to say to people, you want to hug them and be like, it's a hard show. It's a hard show. It's a hard show. Even the best like uh, Madison Cowan, who's won a number of times, it's not only that he's a good chef, it's that he has the, whatever his mental, whatever his strategy, he's he's just got three different things. It's not just about being a genius chef. He's got three different things going on and that's why he wins all the What are the other things? I, it, what, it's, it's his You don't even know, it's pressure. like a special Like special you watch thing. him and he's like a laser. Wow. He instantly knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows 
the timing. Yeah. He's laser focused on how much time do he's I like have. He's like the James from Jeopardy of Chops. Exactly right. And yeah. that's and on Jeopardy, it's not just about right. how Knowing much you know. Things, you have yeah. to hit the button as exactly. fast as possible. Exactly. You have to know which how much to bet, yeah, where exactly. stuff is. Yeah. 100%. So interesting. So did you, at what, I guess at what point did you know it was going to be a hit? So, <laughs> just I, I still don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and you never realize how big it is. I, you never realize how big it is. It's it's bigger than I ever think it is. If if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I'm, will say Chachi the night before it aired, watched it, and said, "This is going to be the biggest show we've ever done." He, you know, he wow. hadn't seen any of it. Wow, and. We're there, and the night before we have a screening with a whole bunch of people, and we were leaving the screening, and he said, that's going to be the biggest show we've ever been associated with. And so he was right. But, you know, the ratings come in, and at first it's on the bubble. Right, right. It's on the bubble. Right. And they always say, they always downplay. <laughs> it's on the bubble. It's on the bubble. And then yeah. they pick up, we'll pick up 10 more. Right, right, right. You're like the monkey um, on the tree. The best thing was when my daughter, Sophia... So How I live in Maplewood, know? New Jersey. Yeah. She's now 16. Oh my gosh. So maybe she was 10. Okay. And she's always been, or eight, she's always been very confident, kind of precocious, whip smart, you know, just a, a lot of personality. She's a fun, smart kid. So she goes to this birthday party. My wife drops her off. And my wife goes to pick her up at the birthday party. And the mom there is, you know, greeting. And we don't know the parents, um, but whatever. She was in the class. And the, and Jen said, oh, thank you so much. And the mom was like, you know what? We had a chopped birthday party. Oh, my God. And Jen said, oh, wow, really? And the mom said, it's so funny, though. Sophia, and, she, you know, she did the mom hand. She's like, Sophia told everyone that her dad created the show. Isn't that cute? Aww. And Jen was like. The little delusional yeah. child. Oh, they all thought she so, was crazy. She's a little kooky. <laughs> and Jen was like. Uh, it's true. We <laughs> <laughs> did. You arrived. At that Watch point you arrived. The end yeah, the yeah. Show. You'll see his name. She's not a crazy daughter. That's funny. Um, so that was cool. So when you see a show like Nailed It on Netflix, which is obviously Chopped. Um, are you? <laughs> well, it is. It's a great show, by the way. I love it. Are you uh, flattered? Are you like, hey, that should be our show? Like, how do you experience that? I mean, obviously it has different elements, but it's basically chopped. Cleve and I are about to cross 3,000 episodes wow. together. We started together. The first time she ever pitched me was in 2003. Oh my God. And then she joined me. Okay. Like exclusively As a partner. since 2007. And we've been together ever since. Okay. And like, you know, all we do all day is... What would be the perfect yeah. Netflix show? What right. would be the perfect ABC show? What right, would be the right, perfect right. CBS show? What would be the perfect Fox syndicated show? What would be the next perfect Food Network show? That's literally all we do all day. So you just feel like, you know, that's TV. <laughs> it is. No, it is. I mean, it's, that's you TV. know, I get I think it. You, I've heard you on podcasts say you came to LA because for one of the reasons is because of the scenes out here, right? The bigger part of the scenes out here. Um, I, you know, people probably think of magical elves before they think of Keller and all. I don't, that's, 
that's I mean, I've worked with Jane. I think she's amazing. So I would never, you know, I think people should think of magical elves. They're unbelievable. Yeah. And then they should come to us if right. that doesn't work. There's out, room so. for everybody. Exactly. And we're doing more now to kind of just get the word out that, oh, wow, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And I think once people associate you guys with Chopped, it's like, oh, right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So at some point, Barry Diller buys you guys and you become notional. Barry I remember Diller, that. Like that was must have been an amazing moment. He's obviously friend, a titan. My friend Ricky worked for Barry. My friend Ricky created collegehumor.com with Ricky and Josh. They were working for Barry Diller. Barry wanted to start a company in LA and a, a production company in LA and a production company in New York. Ricky reached out to me and said, um, we need some advice. And I was like, Ricky, I love you. Whatever. Josh, these are two of my favorite people. And so... I went to lunch with them and basically said, here's what I would do. And at that point in time, it was right after the recession. And while TV, as it turns out, is recession proof, more people watch TV. That was the cra- I remember yeah. going through and everyone's <laughs> like, are you okay? And I'm, I'm like, like, what do you mean? Yes. Like, was, I sold I sold more shows from 2008 to 2009, like in those two or three years than 100%. I ever have in my career. Yeah. I had like five shows on the air at once and I was like, I feel terrible. I mean, by the way, I had some personal real estate failings at the time. Yes, of course. (laughs) I was not unscathed by the recession, but in terms of my career, it was the weirdest experience. What do people do when they can't go on vacation or when they're home, whatever. And they They want to be entertained. They're miserable because there's homes underwater. So, but as it turns out, movies, independent movies, not a good, very hard. Not a good thing. Yeah. Luckily we weren't in that. So, um, the, at City Lights at the time, TV making buckets of money. Yeah. Um, and at, the, at this point, did you have a piece of the company? My deal was great. Okay. Because yeah. we started TV and it was, yeah. you know, I mean, our P&L was very shockingly yeah. large. Yeah. And, but movies, unbeknownst to me, were hemorrhaging money. Just, right. And that was just, still a piece of the business of City Lights. Yeah, it was yeah. Hu- a huge piece. Okay. And so the recession hit. And it became very clear that it was very stressful and the brothers were very stressed and they were mad at everybody. And yeah. One day I got fired. It was in March. And <laughs> they called me and screamed and I was like, okay. Right. Like you'll I'll, fall I apart. Work but, and yeah. then they called me Monday and said, we can't fire you. You must right. come back. Right. Um, and al- <laughs> at that same point in time, I had been giving all this just advice to Ricky and Josh. And Ricky called. I was in an edit wearing jeans and a t-shirt and a baseball hat and at one point he said you know barry might want to meet you and i was like i've read everything about him i what a hundred percent yes so um ricky calls and it's like 10 30 in the morning and as i say i'm in an edit you've been in an edit before sneakers <laughs> baseball hat i've oh, probably no. been there whatever wants to meet you in person around around the and then he says uh, Diller wants to meet you. And I was like, amazing. Like, Ricky, that's unbelievable. Best day ever. Thank you so much. This is insane. And Ricky's like, how's 1.30? <laughs> and I was like, that's today. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. You're... And he's like, look, he's available. And his other guy, I'm blanking on the guy's name, the guy who runs the company, is, they're all available at 1.30. So I was like, yes. And I was... You know, it's probably better like that, right? Freaking out. Don't you think you don't have a lot of time to freak out because it's yeah. in a couple hours. You're gross. Had, so like they're probably like, oh, he just cares about his work. He doesn't care. No, like, no, no. I ran down oh, the street. <laughs> you bought a new outfit. To, to Lord and Taylor. So I oh run. God, I love it. I literally 
take a breath. I say to the editor, bang, 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 do this, do this, do this. I'll see you later. I got to go for a wardrobe change. Run to Lord and Taylor. (laughs) Go to the men's department. Look around. I am not that person. I am not a person who can buy clothes. That like that. Like it's very hard for me. And there's a lot of mirrors involved and a lot of trying on whatever. So I look and there was this gentleman who's say six foot four, uh, African-American gentleman. And the most, literally I was like, he is Tay Diggs level handsome. <laughs> I'm going to go to this man and I'm going to tell him what's happening. And I am going to pray that this works. So I go to, I go to him and I say, look, I think I'm about to have one of the biggest meetings of my life. Obviously I look like an idiot. <laughs> you have to help me. And he, he said, you do You do look terrible. <laughs> this is crazy. What's happening. And, uh, he said, succeed. He said, when we're done, it'll take about a half an hour. You're going to go to your meeting and you will succeed. Oh my God. And he had that sexy deep voice. And I was like, I love you so much. Let's do it. And he, and in t- shoes, like socks, I had white socks on and like sneakers. What did you, you didn't wear a suit? Suit. Oh, wow. Shirt, you went like style. Thing. Right. Spent it all. Wow. All on this meeting. Oh my God. And then I get there and I was actually early because. That, you know, at this point, it's like, I don't know, 12.50. Yeah. Meetings at 1.30. And I walked across the street because Diller's building is on the Hudson, of course. And he parked the yacht <laughs> right. so he can see it. It's just so funny. <laughs> and I just walked on the boardwalk there for like a half an hour and freaked out oh and God. breathed. I'm like, just breathe, yeah. just breathe. And uh, and so I walk in and... Uh, Diller has this crazy thing. He he asked me a bunch of questions. It was just him in this giant office. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. Wow. Crazy intimidating. He asked um, a, a bunch of things, but he asked if, what is the biggest show you could pitch right now globally? And he said, globally. What is the biggest show you could pitch? And um, I pitched him this show called You Versus America, which is which was this giant game show that Cleve and I had created. And at some point in that meeting, he this is pre-iPads, he had a thing. I thought he was like changing the, you know, the heat or something. Right, or right. Whatever. Thermostat. He hit a button to say that everyone should go and get ready in the next room, that he's okayed me. So I didn't, you know, so I'm there for like 45 minutes and he said, can we go? I want you to meet some people in the next room. We go through this little kitchen and there is this scary, crazy, scary conference room. Oh my God. There's an older gentleman from Beverly Hills on a giant screen. <laughs> There's lawyers, money people. And all these people are just waiting around. Like they had been waiting for five minutes. He hit the button. Holy and when shit. they had assembled, I guess they let him know. Right. And Ricky's. But if there. he didn't like you, like they were still assembled? Think, or he No, no, no. If they if he didn't like me that he would have never hit the button. And right. I, he would have just been, oh, nice talking to you. And I would have never known. And I would have been like, that was the best. It was, I was thrilled. Just I was happy. Him. You were just an honor to get nominated. And Ricky was there laughing. Like he knew the look on my face and he knew that I was like dying <laughs> and he was just laughing. But what I said to Cleve later was it was crazy because they just asked, it was like the only, it was a really hard test, but it was a test where I knew all the answers. It was amazing. Cause they were saying, if you were going to start a production company, what would you do? What types of shows? Where's the market? All this stuff that we did every single day. Um, so, so Notional then became the company, but it City Lights 
did not become notional. So we left. City got it. Lights. Got it. And you started notional with um, Taylor. Yeah. And at got that, it. like, it was bad for them because all of our contracts had lapsed. Right. And right. Right. Because right. they were going through all this stuff, it was really yeah. hard for them. So, um, so I went over there. Cleve went over there. Was that the biggest moment of your career? Do you think? It, if it, it was enormous, it was enormous. Like chopped, just creating chopped is probably right up there. And yeah. then that moment was enormous because then you know for the next four years you learned from i mean at one point he was like don't do any i said he was like don't do any show unless you see a clear concise path to a hundred million dollars that's a big blown away that's a big thing a hundred million dollars yeah we brought a show to him and i was like six months in we sold a show and it was going straight to series eight episodes six hundred thousand dollar an episode wow order that's four point something. I can't do the math yeah, right now. Yeah, me neither. And I go in. At that point, Chachi's job was sales. Cleve's job was to create. Uh, Chris Stout was there to Stout. produce. Seth's job was the money. My job was to run everything, but to go in and make these presentations. And I was so thrilled. I was like, straight to series, big network. Eight episodes, six hundred. Like at that point, you could get two hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. I was like, yeah, you were the man. I had a presentation, whatever. There was a binder clip. It was in color. (laughs) It was amazing. And so you go into these things. He's going around, and then he gets to me, and he's like, "So what are the new projects?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, we just got just got this brand new project. It's incredible. There's a star, a name star, who you've heard of, because I knew that he knew him." And we gave him the presentation and I went through all the numbers, but I didn't have to do that much because it was so great, whatever. And he said, um, I went through the whole thing. He said, why are we doing this again? <laughs> oh God. And I did what you just did. I went, <laughs> well, you know, and I, I took it as you just want me to repeat the headlines. Right. So it's like, and Oh, for him, it was just big, pennies. He said, um, I don't think I've cursed the whole time, but I'll curse now because it's a direct quote. Okay. He slid the paper over and I I remember hearing the binder clip slide across the table (laughs) and he said, it's a fucking lemonade stand. What? (laughs) And my whole life was like, Oh my God. I mean, he just didn't understand the unscripted business clearly because that is a great sale for our business, not for his business. So he let me do it, but he, what was it? I can't can't say it. Really? Um, he let me do it, but he basically was like, I know that person. I know your star. I know the network. I know exactly how much you're going to make. That show will never last more than two seasons. You can't format it anywhere. There can't be a version in yeah. France because it's all based on that talent. Yeah. You're going to maximum make, I forget what his number was, yeah. 800000 Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. No, it was like $1.4 million profit. And he was totally right. The, that talent was difficult. They didn't go past X number. I don't remember how many episodes it was total. So um, what was the biggest format anywhere? So he was basically like, you can do it because we're young right, as a company. Right, you need but to in the future, man, shows, don't. I want you to pitch me Survivor, American Idol, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, Family Feud. Yeah. America's so he's the one that really pushed you into these global formats. Come Dine With Me is like a billion dollar format around the world. We wow. start trading spaces. Like we, we, he would send us to MIP. Uh, twice a year. Yeah. We would pitch shows. He, We went to Scandinavia, Spain. We sold two shows into Japan. He pushed us into big formats. And that, like, as I say, Cleve and I are about to cross 3,000 episodes. How is that possible? You're 
from New Jersey. <laughs> it's because he said, aim for these types of shows. So we just had, you know, um, Face the Truth with CBS and Dr. Phil, 170 episodes. That's America amazing. Says with Game Show Network and Sony, now up to 320 episodes. It's just been a year. Incredible. Uh, Punchline with Fox, 50 episodes. That's huge. So you've got three syndicated shows now in production or on the air. We've had six syndicated deals. Three of them wow. have gone to series. Um, Face huge. the Truth, sadly, is not coming back. We only lasted a year. Um, but America Says now launches in September. Um, and that's a new, um, that's a reboot. Wasn't it, there an American Says it, back in the day? It was uh, original, started on Game Show Network a year ago. Oh. Host is John Michael Higgins. Okay. Um, it's funny that one executive, not at Game Show Network, but another executive said, um, this show's never going to work because of the title. People just don't like the word America in the title. And we're going. Uh, like every show in our business has American been America. Yeah, yeah, story, like, I mean, America. American Chopper. So she was wrong. American, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, so that show premiered last year on Game Show Network and did really, really well. Right okay. Out of the gate. So it's not, so it's in syndicate. It's now it's So now it's show. premiering in syndication. That's so we've, huge. We and have people don't understand episodes. how hard it is to get a show into syndication. It's crazy. Yeah. Hard. I mean, this is not like cable. It has we to started, test out in markets. Yeah. It's got to be viable in a whole different way. But the, but the business model, to your point about Barry Diller's comments, if if you can get it going, it's way more lucrative. It's crazy. It's, yeah. So is this where you want it's very hard. your career now? Is this what you're developing? It's just like we're developing for networks. We're developing for Netflix and Hulu and Disney okay. Plus. And we're developing for A&E and MTV and VH1. And we're developing for syndication. And the thing about syndication is you have to meet all those. It's a, it's a new yeah. thing. It's like if all of a sudden we were trying to sell you know, boxes. Right. It's like a whole different world. Is everything that you're doing formats? Everything is formats. Okay. So some of it's games, some of it's competition, some of it's, as I say, like trading spaces or come down yeah. with me, lifestyle formats. Okay. But formats are what gets you that clear, concise path to a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And that's, you know, not, not everyone's doing it. So we're, we don't, we don't have to do what we did for years, which was find dirty bearded guys who have a company that's crazy, which is, look, those companies are also making a lot of money and I love that about them and I think they should continue to do it. Yeah. But our thing, and it matches who Cleve and I are. There was mm -hmm. a point years ago when we were working for Diller yeah. where I was like, Cleve, it's the development for all of this stuff comes to the two of us. Who are we? And we decided that's, that's who we are. We love, we are huge fans of America's Got Talent to this day. I think that's a great point. That comes up a lot on the podcast, which is, you know, ultimately it's really hard to make stuff that you wouldn't watch and it doesn't feel organic to who you are. 100%. And I think that it's kind of like the laws of attraction. Like when you're in a room, 100%. if you're pitching the bearded guys and they know your heart's not in it and you don't care about it, that's going to probably not lead to the sale. And that's crazy hard to learn because yeah. I look at the grid still on the USA Today or in the TV guide. Yes, they still make TV guide. I yeah, guess. really? Shocked. And I am so happy. Like on Tuesday nights, I'm so happy now where it's like chop, 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 junior, chop, chop, chop. America says, America says, America says. So cool. And yet, because I'm a crazy person, then I look at Discovery <laughs> ID right. and I'm like, why aren't they doing murder yeah. by numbers? Right, like, right, right, right. They should be doing, and I, yeah. I think at heart, that's the answer. It's that they don't believe, A, people want to put you in a box, but B, they don't 
fully, they have to believe if they're going to give you millions of dollars to do a show that your heart is in it. Yeah. And the other thing that I've learned to your point is that you go where the love is, right? Like if you keep trying to fight that current and get that thing, that's just like, can't for whatever reason work, like go to where, get the 5 million episodes of chopped. That's my last question for you. Cause we got to wrap it up. Like the fact that chopped is this mega success is it sort of like, even though you're super driven and passionate and you're doing incredible things, do you feel like, what if I never have another show like Chopped? Are you happy that this will keep yeah. you know, sending your kids to college, obviously, uh, the, um, and then some? Who's the lead singer of Coldplay? Um, Chris Martin. Chris Martin on 60 Minutes. I love him. Talks about how what his passion really is is to create the perfect pop song. Yeah. And once they have a great song, then you listen to it and you're like, okay, that's not perfect, but this may, this next one might be perfect. <laughs> and Cleve and I, it's the same. Like right now we're in the middle of shooting punchline. We're just agonizing over what is the perfect, most beautiful way to, you know, and this is a syndicated 30 episodes. It's not the big order for 200 that we would like next time. <laughs> 30 sounds good. 30's great. Yeah. It's great. And yeah, but you're constantly thinking, what is the perfect format? What's the perfect game show? What's the, and that's so, so it's not like what's the next chopped. It's like, what is the next family feud? Yeah. What is the next? Why haven't we come up with the next America's Got Talent? Which we have, by the way, and they just haven't bought it. <laughs> right. And we're partnering with Lionsgate. Um, but it's, that's, you're looking, you know, why haven't we come up with the next trading spaces or amazing race? That's the goal. That makes sense. Well, I'm sure you are and you will. And you, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you, you definitely have an amazing track record and, and uh, you. passion. You just love what you do. Like I said, you're positive. So much. You, that's, I think, what you radiate. You know, every time I see you, just like happy. And I think it's hard sometimes people work get, hard. Great yeah, times. Yeah, great times. <laughs> I like that. That's a good lesson. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you so much. <laughs> 